0: Welcome to a special Encore presentation of Heart to Heart with Anna. Today's show is an interview with heart CHD advocate and author Lori M. Jones. This show is from Season 3 of Heart to Heart with Anna, and the theme for that season was Finding Your Voice. I just love this show with Lori Jones. She is such an amazing mother. She's very involved with Children's Heart Foundation, and you'll be hearing more about that in this episode. But for the month of May 2016, I wanted to feature special mothers, special parents in honor of Mother's Day, and Father's Day was just coming up, and I can't think of a better episode for you to enjoy about a mother finding her voice in all the different ways she found her voice and is making a difference in the heart community. I hope you enjoy this special Encore presentation.
1: Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD, or congenital heart defect, community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the third season of Heart
0: to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. One of the most helpless feelings in the world is being told your child has a congenital heart defect, will need surgery, and will have a lifetime of follow-up appointments and untold future procedures. Some parents have great difficulty dealing with this kind of stress. All parents suffer post-traumatic stress syndrome after they hand their children over to a surgeon without knowing if they'll ever see their children alive again. It takes a really special parent to survive that trauma and then to turn that angst into a vehicle to help others. Our interview today will cover one heart mom's involvement as a CHD advocate and an author of a book to help others in the CHD community. Let's find out what inspired her to reach out to others, what her greatest challenge was in writing her book, and what new projects she has on the horizon. Our show today is an interview with heart mom, author, and advocate Lori M. Jones. Lori is a writer of women's and children's fiction in the Pittsburgh area. She is the author of children's book, Riley's Heart Machine, inspired by her younger daughter's heart defect. Her second children's book, Confetti the Croc, and her first novel, Renaissance of the Heart, were released in 2014. Lori serves on the board of directors for the Children's Heart Foundation and is president of the Pennsylvania chapter. She has served as co-chair to Pittsburgh's Congenital Heart Walks for the past three years and was the 2013 winner of the Philadelphia Eagles Community Quarterback Award. She visits schools in the Pittsburgh area delivering assemblies on writing, on a human heart, and embracing what makes us special. Her website can be found at www.loriemjones.com and that's Lori, L-O-R-I, com. She resides in Wexford with her husband Mark, two daughters Sydney and Riley, and dog disco. She enjoys running 5Ks and cheering on her Pittsburgh sports teams. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Lori.
2: Thank you, Anna. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you. I can't believe you got two books out in one year. That's
2: really quite a <laughs> Yes, it was a stressful year. <laughs> I've <laughs> I could I'm could. i happy imagine. to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about Riley and what kind of heart defects uh, she has. Okay. Well, Riley is now a happy, energetic 8-year-old. She's in third grade, loves to dance and cook. But when I was 24 weeks pregnant, I found out that her heart rate went from a healthy 140 to 80. And this was just found at a routine She was diagnosed with a major defect in the heart's electrical system called complete heart block, and that's where the top chambers can no longer communicate with the bottom chambers. So this was actually caused by autoimmune antibodies in me that attacked her heart. So by the time she reached her first birthday, her resting rate went down to 39. So she needed a pacemaker shortly after she turned one, and she's now on her second pacemaker, which she received at the age of six. But she's doing well. She's cooking and dancing up a storm, and she's a happy little 8-year-old.
0: Wow. So you found out in utero that she was going to have this problem, and you even know the cause because so many times in our community, we don't know what caused the heart defect. Right.
2: This is one of rare times. There are children, probably about 50%, that are born with complete heart block, block. do not know the cause, but 50% of us do find out the cause, and it's through this autoimmune. I did not find out the exact autoimmune disease until just this year. They had narrowed it down to Sjogren's or lupus, but this year my blood finally tested positive for Sjogren's. So it took eight years, but we finally figured out the cause. And, and you're right. A majority of these, we do not find out the cause of heart defects.
0: Wow. And, yeah. But you have
2: another daughter,
0: and that daughter
2: doesn't have the same problem? Correct. She's older, actually, a perfectly healthy, perfectly normal heart. Um, after Riley, we did get an EKG for her just in case, but apparently the mm-hmm. antibodies weren't active in my body at the time, fortunately for her. But, yes, she was. Riley was a, was a surprise, <laughs> her heart defect.
0: Wow. So now yeah. is this something that you're going to have to worry about in future years for both
2: of the girls? Should they get pregnant?
0: I is there a genetic we component?
2: Be, we, we Nobody knows, but, yes, mm-hmm. I think Riley will be more likely to have an autoimmune. She's actually already seeing a, a rheumatologist at Children's Hospital to monitor that, so she is mm-hmm. already getting blood work done for that. But, yeah, it is a concern. So you're lucky that
0: you live in Pittsburgh. Yes. And you live so close to one of the most well-known children's hospitals in the world, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So I'm imagining... That's where you go yeah. to care?
2: Pittsburgh, actually. So I live in near Children's oh. Hospital Pittsburgh, which is also one of the top-ranked children's hospitals in the country. So, yeah.
0: So Gosh, yeah, we go to so
2: Pennsylvania has two really great hospitals do. for kids with yeah, heart effects. A, right, and the Hershey Medical Center is actually very good, too. So, yes, we're quite mm-hmm. fortunate to live where we live. Riley was born in Virginia, so she had got her first pacemaker there. And when I moved, we were moving. And I told the doctor, I said, we're moving to Pennsylvania. He said, where? And I said, Pittsburgh. And he said, they're the best. So we felt comfortable oh. changing cardiologists <laughs> since we only three. So, yes, we've been very fortunate to live so closely. And I do do a lot with the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh just because I feel like they're just such a great establishment, and I want to give back to them mm-hmm. as well.
0: Well, whenever you hear CHOP, I always assume it's Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, but now I'm going to have to watch out because it might be
2: Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> we, right. CHOP <laughs> is actually Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. They put the O in there, but CHP is what we call Pittsburgh, and it's just Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, OK. OK.
0: Well, yeah. it appears that right away you became a strong advocate for Riley. I mean, wow, you've had all this testing done. And, and then you also got so involved quickly with the heart community. Can you tell us when you joined the Children's Heart Foundation and why you felt it was important to serve as your chapter's president?
2: Sure. My involvement came about as a result of writing my children's book Riley's Heart Machine. It was about six months before it was released. And I researched Children's Heart Charities across the country because I wanted to give back some of the proceeds to a worthy charity. Right away, I fell in love with the Children's Heart Foundation and their mission. I found out they fund much-needed research for CHD. So right away, I contacted the president at the time, and I got involved with Pittsburgh was hosting their first congenital heart walk here. So I got involved with that. I helped plan that one. I'm now getting ready to plan the fourth one. I'm actually one of the chairs again. So that's been very rewarding. Shortly after I started with the first one, they asked me to serve on the Pennsylvania Chapter Board. So I did that. I did a few small things for them. And then I was asked by the former president if I would be willing to take over as president. She had served for six years. She needed a break. So she mm-hmm. needed to step down and I was very leery at first, very scared to take over an entire chapter. But I knew that Pennsylvania <laughs> already had a strong chapter. So and I thought mm-hmm. perhaps I could help move it forward and keep it going. And so yeah, I've been the president now for almost two years and it's been extremely rewarding. But it yeah, all started out.
0: That's terrific. <laughs> Thank you. Right, and we're going to be talking about the book more after the break, but I think that's awesome that you saw right away that you wanted to write this book and that you wanted to give to a worthy charity, and this is the charity you chose. And as you know, since you and I have met face-to-face, it's also the charity I chose to get involved with. Yes. Like you, I agree. They have a great mission, the mission to fund research you know, specifically congenital right. heart defect research is just so important to me. And it's through this research that I'm hoping someday we'll eradicate congenital heart defects. Wouldn't that be awesome?
2: Absolutely. Yes, that is our dream.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It is. And then we just find some other charity to work with.
2: <laughs> right. Let's hope that happens.
0: <laughs> well, I was so excited last year when I was at the Children's Heart Foundation annual meeting and they talked about you receiving the Philadelphia Eagles Quarterback Award. So why don't you tell me, yes. how did you get nominated for that? And what did it feel like <laughs> to receive that
2: huge check? Well, it was awesome. But the former I president at the time, the founder who I just spoke about, Patty Cheshire, she actually nominated me for it. And then I got a call from the Philadelphia Eagles that I made it to the top ten. And I was shocked and happy because the top ten were guaranteed $4,000 for their charity. So this is huge. I was so excited. So we went out to the Philadelphia, their training facilities. We got to tour the locker rooms, everything, and meet some eagles. And I was then even further shocked to find out (laughs) that I won the award. We were going Mm -hmm. up against some strong charities, and I never in a million years thought a CHD charity would stand up against these other charities, but lo and behold, we were awarded the award, so I stood there holding a check for $50,000, and it was overwhelming to think that that $50,000 could either fund an entire research project or perhaps half of a research project, so to say I was shocked and overwhelmed and exhilarated is an understatement because it goes down as one of the most memorable experiences of my life.
0: I can just imagine how exciting (laughs) that would feel. And to know that that honor, being selected like that, means that we could possibly save a life with that research.
2: Absolutely. It's very humbling, isn't it? It was very humbling. And and also, one of the great things that happened was, as I was listening to all the stories, the one woman... I loved her story and I thought, Oh, she's gonna win. Her baby had passed away so she was doing all this work for the March done and afterwards she oh. came up to me with tears in her eyes and she said, Lori, I'm so glad you won and I said, Oh, thank you and she said, oh. My son passed away from a CHD. So this is just equally <sighs> exciting oh, be and I'm excited. Yeah. So, so it was it was just a great wow. a great day, you know. I felt like the other charities thought we were worthy, and that meant a lot. Just to get some exposure to CHD meant a lot, too. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: That's so amazing, though, how generous the other people were and how they were happy to see you get the award. yeah, and, yes. and that congenital heart defects to had touched some of the other people in the other charities. Isn't that just amazing? Yes. And. Doesn't it reinforce what you and I already know, that congenital heart defects are the number one birth defect? And there aren't enough people talking about it.
2: No, it affects, you know, practically every family out there, and if not now, in the future. And there's probably in the past so many people that have, or babies that did pass away that we weren't sure at the time what they passed away Mm -hmm. from. So now Mm -hmm. part of CHF, we work on faster diagnosis of Mm -hmm. CHF2, which can also save lives. Absolutely. Yeah, so it is great. It was great. So, yay. Even yeah, though I grew well, up a Taylor fan, I now love the Eagles. So, an <laughs> Eagle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you would kind of
0: have to love the Eagles after that. I mean, how I like awesome you. is that? <laughs> it is. Well, we've been talking about the Children's Heart Foundation, and you and I are really familiar with it, of course. But for our listeners who have never heard about it, can you go ahead and tell them a little bit more about what the Children's Heart Foundation is and maybe how they can find more information about it?
2: I would love to. Yes. Well, as we said, uh, their focus, their mission at CHF is to fund research to and to treat, to diagnose DHD. So, our foundation is unique because it is mostly run by volunteers. My whole state is all volunteers, and we only have nationally about five paid employees. It's kind of cool because we're very successful in achieving our mission because I feel we're driven by a lot of heart, the figurative heart mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. you know that that goes that goes a long way. There's um so many that sit on our national board on our boards. We're all heart moms. We're heart dads. So that goes a long way. When you have passion behind your organization, I think that goes a long way. And although we are very successful, it's a very successful organization. We are funding, I think it's $6.3 million of research so far. It's still, it's, it's amazing that only five paid employees that there are nationally. So that's pretty cool. But our website, if anybody wants to look it up, Children'sHeartFoundation.org, and you can find out if there's a chapter in your state. But if not, there's still other ways that you can get involved in your state. Many of these states that don't have chapters still have congenital Heart Walks, or you can do your own fundraiser and find out more about that. So definitely encourage people to visit the website and to find out more.
0: I love that, and I was so impressed last year when we were at the annual meeting, and they were talking about one of the groups that had decided to do a virtual walk. Do you yes. remember hearing about that? I thought, Absolutely. oh my gosh, this is the age of the internet. We're not only doing heart walks where we physically get out there and walk, but and even with the virtual walk, there was a physical walk that also went on with that, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought that is yeah, just that so was amazing because. My state.
2: Was it in your state? Oh my gosh. Did you help Well, a no, not the the one. Somebody actually couldn't come to the Pittsburgh Walk, so they a a walk on a different date and then raised money for that and then gave it to our walk. So that was that. But, yes, the virtual walk, and it makes us sound lazy, but it's actually no, a no, good no. way to a good you know, way of a little walk. of a little walk, of a a little walk, of a that virtual walk. a it's a different way that if, your city, or if you live in a little bit of a a little a It is a great way to reach out to those relatives, start that virtual walk. And I know at Congenital Heart Walk headquarters, they have worked harder at making that an even better resource. So definitely look into the virtual walk as
0: well. And it's something, especially in my state, I live in Texas. And so Mm -hmm. although we do have three walks across the state, our state is really big. (laughs) So it might be easier if people are interested and they live in Amarillo or they live in El Paso. We don't have walks there yet, but we certainly could do a virtual walk. So if any of you are interested in doing that, please contact us. I can't believe how much time has gone by already, Lori. Oh, my gosh. We have to stop for a commercial break. (laughs) Okay. All right. But don't don't (laughs) go away because when we come back, we are going to talk to Lori about what made her decide to write that first children's book and what her two new books are all about when we return to Heart to Heart with.
1: A handbook for parents will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more.
0: Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we are talking with a wonderful heart mom and advocate, Lori M. Jones, you do not want to miss this. Lori M. Jones, she is a writer. She is a heart mom. She's an advocate. She's just all around amazing. And today we're going to talk about her writing. So I'm a writer myself. I love to talk to writers and find out why they wrote their books and what new projects they have on the horizon. So first of all, Lori, why don't you tell us about Riley's Heart Machine? That was your first book, and what made you decide sure. to write it? And it has just beautiful illustrations. So how did you find an illustrator for the book?
2: Sure, and thank you for that introduction. That was very nice. Like you said, I've been a writer, so I would write since my oldest daughter was born. Um, I would write stories for her, tell her stories, and I had a lot of stories written. So after she got her pacemaker, I started thinking. I was worried that Riley, when she got to be school age, went to school, I was worried she was going to be self-conscious about having scars. Her pacemakers in her belly mix out. I thought she would feel different. She was going to have some gym restrictions. So I thought about that. We do as moms. We think of the future of our children and how they're going to adapt. So I wrote this story just about a little girl that goes to school, and she fears being different, and she shares the story. I actually wrote it in the form of a poem. But I didn't find a publisher for many years. I finally found a publisher called Guardian Angel Publishing, and they actually had a line. So I sent them the manuscript, they wrote back to me and said, we like the story, but can you write it in prose and not in poem form? I rewrote the story, they loved it, and they offered me a contract. So that's how that came about. And the publisher had their own illustrators, so they actually showed me some illustrators, and then I was allowed to pick an illustrator that I thought would match the style of story. So that's how I found Julie. That's how the story came about.
0: Now, did you collaborate with the illustrator so that she would know how
2: to draw... Things that maybe she had never seen before? Yeah, well, that's funny. I actually wrote out scenes, and I just kind of left it up to her. But all I said was I wanted Riley to be blonde hair and blue eyes, and that I wanted some physical diversity among the other kids in the story. And that was cool. And then I sent her a picture of the real Riley holding her shirt up, showing her pacemaker in her belly so she would know what that looked like. But other than that, she took full reign and just did a great job. Creative license. Mm-hmm. She did, and she, yeah, she did. And she, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. She is phenomenal. And I, mean, I believe everybody so, has their talent, so I wanted to let her do that.
0: Wow, that's just, that's so yeah. amazing. So how
2: old was Riley when the book was finally published? Well, she was six, and it was crazy because she had just received her second pacemaker. So she was already sick of us talking about it. She oh, was no. sick of people asking her <laughs> about it. She was starting to already get self-conscious. So when the book came out, she was like, Mom, I don't want to talk about this. I'm like, oh, no, there's a book coming out about this. <laughs> so we started first grade. I went into the classroom with the book. We read the book, and it actually helped her talk to her classmates. So life follows fiction, fiction follows life, however you want to say it. So it actually help her in talking about it again. And then she became proud of it. She loved signing autographs and <laughs> and talking Aww. about the book now. Yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. And I interviewed Brett Baer in Season 2, and he just wrote a book recently also, and his son Paul sometimes goes with him to book signings, and his son Paul will also autograph the book, which I just think is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I always have Riley sign the books
2: when I skip them off, so yeah, it's great. That is
0: great. So it sounds like she got over her anxiety of having to talk about it, and maybe this was a healthy way for her to talk about her pacemaker.
2: It was, but I think for every phase of her life, there's going to be different reasons to be self-conscious. For instance, this summer, she wanted to wear a bikini because her friends were wearing bikinis. She's only eight, but she wanted the cute little bikini we saw at Target. And she's like, no, Mommy, I don't want anybody to see my scars. No, I do to see my pacemaker. We talked about it, and she finally mm-hmm. got up the nerve and did it. She did it, and nobody said anything to her. Nobody made fun of her, luckily. And now I think every age, she's going to have different hurdles to overcome. But so far, we're plugging along. He's
0: doing great. As the mother of a 20-year-old, I will have to completely Mm -hmm. agree with you that you go through different (laughs)
2: situations
0: depending on their age. And I remember when Alex was about 10 years old, his brother was on the swim team. And so he decided, of course, he had to be on the swim team too. And one day he was changing clothes in the locker room, and one of the little boys turned and pointed at his chest and said, What happened to you, man? (laughs) And Alex was very self-conscious about his scar, but we had talked about it for 10 years. So he just was very matter-of-fact and said, I've had open-heart surgery. And the kid goes, wow, you're a survivor. And that made Alex feel so good. He walked out of that dressing room with his chest all puffed out. He came over and immediately told me the story. I wanted to hug that little boy. I just wanted to hug him because Alex's greatest concern was people pitying him. He did not want to be pitied. And so for somebody to say something positive like that, it just made him feel terrific. So it is amazing, though, how children's peers can either build them up like that little boy did
1: or Mm -hmm. they can knock
0: them down. And I did an episode about bullying, and I was just devastated to hear about some of the bullying that our heart defect survivors have gone through.
2: And I think books like yours can help
0: prevent that.
2: Right, and we do. I talk about that when I go to the schools because I always, after I read the book, I always ask, what did her classmates do that made her happy? And they're like, they listened and they asked questions and they were nice. So what would have Mm. happened had they made fun of her or laughed? And they're like, she would have been embarrassed and sad, and so they get that. And they might forget it the next day, but at least maybe they will remember something that we talk about. And, yeah, it's sad because that conversation that Alex had could have gone either way. That's yeah, so so sad, and but great, yours was a good story. That's good. <laughs>
0: yeah We had a lucky yeah. situation there because I couldn't have planned it better than that. <laughs> Right, And you worry when your kids are in the locker room. I was a mom of a boy. I couldn't be in the locker room with him, even though he was only 10. That was something that he was negotiating himself, and it all worked out great. So sometimes we get lucky like that. But I do believe that books like yours, where we draw attention to, you know, some people have different things that they are dealing with. And if we can be sensitive, if we can be compassionate and teach that early, then hopefully it will reduce the bullying that might go on. So what was your biggest challenge in writing? the book was it turning it from poetry to prose?
2: I did that in about a week. It wasn't hard at all. I would say finding a publisher is always hard, but I think waiting for it to come out and then the marketing of it, it became a little bit of a challenge. However, becoming involved in the heart community has been wonderful. And then the school getting out there. I know my other stories have different challenges with them, but this has been great. It's been extremely rewarding having parents write to me and telling me that their a child's fifth class or they love reading the book because they relate to a character in a book and that they have something in common with the character in the book makes them happy. I think we all want to know that we're not alone in our journeys. Mm. Kids aren't any different. So I think that's been a great reward to see that children are using it in their classrooms to, to tell their friends about it and parents are loving it. <laughs> so that has been rewarding. So really any challenge that I had up to that point doesn't even matter because <laughs> the rewards are outweighing them.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. So what's been the most important lesson that you've learned as a writer?
2: As a writer in general, I would say just how long and involved and how hard the process is. The writing process, the publishing world isn't easy. But I have learned that connecting with other writers has been just such a great reward. I think at the beginning I thought other writers were going to be competitive with each other, and that's so not true. We all support each other, and that has just been wonderful. But... Another lesson, I think, is just that we can use our art, this gift that we have, to write to help other people. And I think that is just sharing our story, just being able to share our story, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, can touch somebody's life, can help them, make them feel not alone. So I think with that, and also with my novel, too, you can reach out and you can touch other people in ways that you don't anticipate just by sharing your story.
0: I just love that. And that's why I wrote my books that I've put together as well, because there's nothing yeah. like sharing those stories to help you not feel alone and to even empower you to be more than what right. you ever thought you could be. Right,
2: right. Don't you? Yeah. It's, and it to help amazing. our children. Yeah. And to hear that people in Australia or Scotland <laughs> bought your book, it's such a unique, weird feeling. but been amazing too i think one of my goals for this book was that it would reach children with pacemakers and then now that i know that other children with this heart defects not with pacemakers but all heart defects are using this book and sharing it with their friends and connecting with riley in the book that's been amazing just amazing yeah Oh, we need
0: to take another quick commercial break, and then we'll come okay. back and have to say goodbye. <laughs> but we'll, okay. have, we'll have time for one last comment. So hold on,
1: and we'll be right, All right back. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today.
0: Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today, we've been talking with heart mom and advocate and author Lori Jones, and I want to thank you so much, Lori, for coming on the show. I have so enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Great. Well, I went out on Amazon and looked at your books. Everybody, you need to know the books are available on Amazon. Just look up. Lori M. Jones, and it's L O R I M. Jones. Nice, easy last name, unlike Jaworski. <laughs> <laughs> so she's really easy to find, but you don't even have to worry about that. I will have links to all of her pages on Heart to Heart with Anna in the bio section for season three. And so you can just click on the link and go check out her books. I think she's just done a huge service for the Heart to Fit community by putting together Riley's Heart Machine. And I know it has a chance to help so many families all over the world. So So thank you once again, Lori. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we close the show?
2: I think I just wanted to say that everybody can contribute in some small way. I always say you can do something small, start small, but dream big. So everybody can Mm -hmm. do something to give back, and I think it's important that we all work together, and especially look what you're doing. You're amazing. So thank you so much for all you do and for hosting us all and giving people a resource. I think it's so important that we all stick together in this. We can make it if we do it together.
0: So thank you. That's right. That's right. Working together we can accomplish so much more. It's yes. one of those things where the sum is greater than the individual parts. <laughs> and I Agreed. have definitely seen that in the twenty years that I have been in the heart community. What we can accomplish together is just amazing. And I think the Children's Heart Foundation really does exemplify that. Like you said, it is a most recent volunteer. And it's us parents who are out there <laughs> doing those yes. drugs and doing some of these other fundraisers. That and is, and, we and also everybody have an can amazing medical advisory board. Right. But we also have this Me amazing too. medical advisory board. I just want to put a plug out there for them because they are the ones who go through all of the different research proposals and decide where we're going to put our money. And just being part I of that process. We couldn't process do it without too, them. I know wasn't it just amazing all of the time and energy these amazing surgeons and doctors pediatric cardiologists put into determining what would be the most wild research for us to fund so I think that's a real positive note for us to end on that we right. can help make a difference <laughs> yes. so thanks again Lori and oh, to all of our listeners I hope you enjoyed this Encore presentation. We are taking most of the month of May 2016 off to have a little vacation and to prepare for Season 8 of Heart to Heart with Anna. Heart to Heart with Anna is the only talk radio show devoted to the congenital heart defect community, and we've been airing episodes since 2013. Every Tuesday in May, except for May 31st, we will be airing a special Encore presentation, and on May 31st, 2016, we will begin Season 8 of the show our theme for season eight will be care for adults with congenital heart defects we hope that you enjoyed this special encore presentation and that you'll come back next week for another special show check out our website hearttoheartwithanna.com and our cafe press boutique follow our radio show and remember my friends you are not alone
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week.